You're listening to a classic business podcast as heard on Classic 1027. 1027. Well, in the middle of a global pandemic, as we've got worries about second waves and lockdowns up in the Northern Hemisphere, it's a different world in China. Chinese financial technology group Ant Group is aiming to raise at least 34.4 billion US dollars. It's the world's biggest ever initial public offering and uh, in a blockbuster deal that is going to interestingly bypass US stock exchanges. It's a mammoth IPO. It spans Shanghai and Hong Kong and it adds to an already frenetic year for China's capital markets which are enjoying a boom in share sales despite heightened tensions with the US and group formerly and financials prospectus paints a picture of a fast growing company with more than a billion annual users for its services with Alipay as the key brand. Alibaba and Ant founder Jack Ma is certainly not a man to bet against. However, the real question is how much is Ant Group actually worth? To scratch just a little bit below the surface and answer some of these questions, I'm joined now by Henry Biddlecombe, investment analyst at Anchor Capital. Henry, uh, it's a mammoth jewel listing. Let's not be fooled by the name. Um, and it's going to eclipse even Aramco. What does Ant do firstly? How does it make its money? Yeah, so it's, it's a really interesting company to try and describe to Western investors because in the West, we almost have no comparable firm, right? Um, so at the moment, it's largely a digital payments um, and digital lending company. So uh, the most comparable one, I would say, is probably PayPal, uh, but it's far more diverse than that because they also have investments um, in digital investment technology, digital insurance technology, um, and basically... They're extending the tentacles down into almost any sort of financial service sector that you can imagine. It's phenomenal. I've heard it referred to as the Amazon of financial services. And it's what, and you mentioned PayPal, that's really what PayPal founder uh, Elon Musk was trying to do. He was trying to disrupt at the time the established financial services players. And they haven't managed to do it on the scale that Ant has managed to do it. And I think that's probably down to uh, China's history where the state banks tended to lend to state-owned companies. So many Chinese were locked out of the financial system. And so that market seemed ripe for this kind of financial disruption. Would you say that's fair? Well, that's exactly right. Um, you know, and, and in fact, what's happening in the Chinese financial sector now is very similar to what happened to the Chinese retail sector a number of years ago, um, where... Basically, up until now, it's been serviced by Chinese state-owned banks. But um, amazingly, around 460 million Chinese people don't have a formal credit history. Um, And given how traditional banks operate, in the absence of a credit history or any collateral, you have basically no access to finance. Um, And and Financial come to the party with a very interesting sort of, um, I guess, equation where they can analyze your behavior and they can analyze your payment history on platforms like Tmall um, or on Alibaba itself and they can extend credit to you based on that. And that really is the the foundation of what makes us such an interesting company. As you say, no real comparable company in the West. And Ma said the uh, financial and regulatory system, he's actually scathing of it. He, he says it stifles innovation. And he's called for a revamp to extend financial services to more small firms and individuals on the basis of technology. An ethos that we could certainly do more with here in South Africa if we look at the way uh, the uh, Treasury Loan Guarantee Scheme ha- has so far 
fallen in a heap. And he, he goes on to say that uh, the Basel Committee on Banking Supervision is an old men's club. And he warns that uh, the, the risks are accumulating in the whole economy. Banks in China, in particular, says, still operate with a strong pawn shop mentality, demanding things like collateral and guarantees before lending. And he says what we need to do is upend things. We've got data, we've got big data, and we can now use this data uh, to lend to small businesses. It's a real breath of fresh air. Now, come to the valuation side of things. How do we arrive at a valuation, uh, an IPO of, of $34.4 billion. And that's just what um, is going to be floated. The, the, the true market cap is much bigger than that. Uh, what sort of yeah, valuation do you put on that? Yeah, I mean, look, I don't think that where they've priced it is crazy. Um, on a backward-looking basis, you know, that's around 45 times profits. Um, if you look at something like PayPal, currently that's trading at 95 times profits. Um, but looking at... Um, you know, earnings multiples on current earnings is a little bit short-sighted when it comes to a business like this. Um, and as it scales, I mean, you really need to look at what the company looks like in 10 years from now um, to place a, a more reasonable valuation um, and come up with an idea of what it might look like by then. So, you know, I'd be happy to put it this way. If an IPO is $300 billion, I'd be happy to pay that price for shares in the business. Um, that's the sort of share that could double from that level over the next five years, I think. Uh, yeah. Remarkable. So the, the million dollar, billion dollar question for investors is how can South African retail investors grab a slice of the action? <laughs> I think you might find that initially it will be difficult um, to secure shares, certainly into the IPO. After it lists in, in intramarket trade, you might be able to pick shares up, but we're seeing a lot of interest in this year. I mean, there's some retail brokerages in China which have gone ahead and secured multi-billion dollar facilities so that their own clients can buy these shares on margin. Um, so perhaps the right strategy is to sit and wait on the sidelines um, and just watch and see where the share starts to trade. But again, if it trades anywhere near um, that initial sort of price, then I'd be happy to buy. Leveraging up on uh, Anshes, how very uh, Chinese. We know the Chinese market is really uh, driven by retail investors. Just one last thing, which is an, an interesting aside to all of this. It's the first time that the pricing of such a big listing, the largest in human history, has been determined outside of New York. What does this mean for the U.S.'s stranglehold over global capital markets? Uh, you know, I, I think maybe this is symptomatic of the geopolitical sort of tension between China and America, where Chinese companies are probably going to now um, be forced to look for capital um, in China rather than going to the U.S. Um, you know, the Ch Chinese companies are going to find it more and more difficult to expand into the West um, because now, you know, it's becoming obvious that China's becoming a powerhouse. They've had free access to the Western economy, but of course the West has been locked out of China, um, and that's going to have to change. Otherwise, pressure from the West to lock out Chinese companies is going to grow. Yeah, it is. Um, so I think, it, yeah, yeah. It is one of those issues uh, that finds support across uh, the, the, the lines between uh, the red and the blue side of uh, U.S. politics. Henry Biddlecombe, investment analyst at Anchor Capital, on the listing of Ant Group, the biggest IPO in history, showing that in markets, nominative determinism is not a thing.